0: Good evening, Dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast.
1: We are talking to rock photographer, owner of Counterbalance Magazine, Cody Powell. Hello everyone. Alright. That's correct. Um, I really dig your shit. I dig your photography. I've um, been checking out your zine, you know, got some great interviews on there. <laughs> Tell us what made Cody, let's just go back to your, let's go back to some delicate
0: moments in your childhood. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where are you from? You know, I am based out of San Marcos, Texas, small town, uh, right smack dab in between Austin and San Antonio. Okay. Right on. What's it like there? Uh, college town. Typical yep. small college town. Uh, population's skyrocketing though. All kinds of people moving here.
2: Yeah. Kind of location.
0: Yeah, but it's a it's a really cool place. It's like actually one of the longest inhabited places in North America.
2: Huh. How far does it go back?
0: Uh, I don't even know the exact date, but like back in the paleo times. Hmm. Texas has a really interesting establishment
1: history i think yeah it does just what i know about it, it's like you know there's a lot of people we talk to from and we've got a lot of people we've talked to from texas and we got a big following in texas we talked to a lot of texas artists but it's like kind of the frontier nature you look back at that and it's like the government literally just sent a bunch of people there to die for yeah you know, a hundred years, they were just like, yeah, the land's free. Um, go ahead and get out there. Then the Comanches came in and just fucking killed everybody constantly yeah. in waves and they wouldn't support them. They, they wouldn't, you know, send military for, you know, it's not like they were establishing forts. Mm-hmm. So everybody in Texas had a real fucking hard grind at it mm-hmm. from the get go. You yeah. know, you know, just trying to survive out there. So it's no wonder to me that the whole area wants to claim, independence from america <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, and just like you know uh separatists and, and stuff right like texas is its own country because it kind of is i mean historically well
2: i used to get tickled by that that was like their i don't know commercial slogan it's like a whole other country yeah. and i was like well yeah for a while
0: it was <laughs> yeah so
2: <laughs> i don't know if you're and not that long ago yeah it's got
0: it's, it's got like all kinds of climate as well you know so yeah it really does so it, it kind of falls into that whole its own sure. kind of thing my wife's from lubbock oh okay
2: so i i've spent quite a bit of time in in that area yeah good old north texas the panhandle
1: getting the west texas yeah state is so fucking big too i mean you know you know like cody says just all the different environments all the different places it just varies so much
0: you know Austin's not Dallas, et cetera. Yeah. You know. It takes forever to get out of that state too when you're traveling. Oh yeah. Yes, it does. You know. <laughs> it takes a while to get through it. That's sure.
1: <laughs> so it was like what was it like growing up there?
0: Uh it was it was really good. Uh, especially in this town in particular. I mean mm-hmm. I don't really know how to how to describe it, I guess. Um it's, it was just that small town feel. And uh yeah. mm-hmm. but, you know, if we had to get away and go explore bigger Places we could go on up to Austin, hit San Antonio, you know, for mm-hmm. the different shows and stuff when we were kids. Um, Houston was a little bit out of reach back in back in the high school days. Yeah, but now it was it was growing up here was great, just running around yeah. building forts in the in the woods and stuff. But can't really do that nowadays.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Unless you get a property
1: violation or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's getting harder. Getting we you know, I think we kind of grew up in that same era, and things are changing there. Oh yeah, you know though, I I hate to be, I don't like a lot of the shit that I see on social media where it's people are being mm-hmm. luddites and they're like, my kids need to get outside and they need to play and stuff. Like, right. I mean, I think in the last week, my kids were like, we were playing jacks, we were playing. I taught my daughter how to play marbles. Mm-hmm. We made a puzzle. You know, I think kids still do
0: that. or or do the best they can yeah they Um, i think they still do they just uh i don't know they're just too attached to that that false world that they've created for themselves and the social media thing and yeah uh, i mean the the biggest person to blame i guess is the parents for letting it happen right
1: yeah right and us making those video games i mean if you play doom it's fucking awesome oh yeah You know, (laughs) I mean, compared to a, compared to a find your own adventure book that you flip through, I mean, fuck, yeah, those Xbox games are amazing. Uh I waste time on them. Oh yeah. All the hours and
2: hours that go into those. Uh Mm -hmm. I I just like yesterday watched a documentary on video games and I wanted to say that like uh, video games, there are some video games that have like a thousand man hour, like years. Oh, Oh yeah. That go in. There's just so many people put it in so much. And that's just crazy.
0: Yeah. Me. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if it like took them that long. You know, it obviously did because it was new technology back then. But like Pong and Atari and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. how long did that take? You know? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I can remember playing those, you know, like we had we had a Pong system. I, I think at the time, too, those systems were outrageously expensive. They were mm-hmm. like, sure. you know, 700 bucks or something. I, my dad broke down and bought one and just a little wheel. But I can't remember saying it when I was like, someday it's going to look like people. Yeah. You know, we're going to like control people on the screen. Everybody just thought that was so crazy. <laughs> oh you know yeah that's where we are I mean you look at the deep fake stuff they're making mm-hmm. um, videos and stuff and yeah. incredible. that scares me yeah it scares me but they, I'm glad that so far all the ones they're making are just really hilarious
2: <laughs> right <laughs> you know? but I you know I, I'm just worried that that's gonna that's gonna be a really convenient excuse soon too right like even I mean, if somebody's got real video oh it's deep fake right
1: yeah yeah, absolutely. I really of,
2: didn't give that golden shower order. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thankfully, thus far all they're doing is like putting Steve Buscemi's face on like Hillary Clinton or <laughs> <laughs> Right. And it's just funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you're at the yeah, you're at the whim of those guys. <laughs> yep. Whatever whatever they want to do with their great power. Yeah. That's 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 what's scary. Relinquishing that power to them. They could really fuck things up if they wanted to.
2: Man, couldn't they? Oh, yeah. Or or going the other way around just because people are so fucking gullible right now. Yeah. As long as it's coming from their person, right, they'll buy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, you know, video of donkey fucking Hillary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. God damn, it, she. You know, she just looks. This that is way. true. Yep, yep. Resend, yeah. resend. <laughs> copy paste, copy paste. <laughs> yep, Want the click of a finger. I don't know though. <laughs> I, I just, I, I kind of enjoyed a little bit of chaos though in that, and it's. You know, I th- I still think the internet's done great things, and technology's done great things, and
0: it has. It's just a matter of when it's used properly. You know, that's where right. It, right. That's, that's where everything's at is. How you know? Yes, we have all this technology, but how are we going to use it? Is it going to be for our benefit or our demise?
2: Right, right. And that's that's really where it gets scary. I think is we just don't know enough to know what we don't know and how what we what we don't know what we need to look out for yet. Yeah, because there are so many things that haven't even been mm. thought
1: of that are applications or implications. I don't, I don't know. It's just yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like one thing that stuck with me just in a couple of months ago was I, mean, I think I mentioned it before on the show, but it's just like Maynard Keenan said that, you know, the internet essentially is like a hammer, you know. And think of all the things you can do with a hammer. You can build a house with it, you know, you can give somebody safety, security, shelter. You can also bash somebody's brains out with mm-hmm. it, you know. Right. And it's just, you know, it's like Cody said, it's just it's what you decide to do with it, you know. I don't know if Americans or the world or anybody else is ready for that, though, (laughs) that responsibility.
2: Right. Not the same, but it makes me think of a, I I can't remember which comedian it was, but they made a quote. I think it was a comedian. It said, when you're a child, everything in the world is a phone. Yeah. Except an actual phone, (laughs) which is a hammer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Having gone through a few with my child, I, I feel that statement. No shit.
1: So, uh, aside from the rant, <laughs> which we inevitably get into. So, when did you, uh, Cody? Talking to you, when did you get, uh, you know, into? When did the bug bite you to get into uh, to say like, okay, art is the thing I'm going to focus on, music is the thing I'm going to focus on?
0: Well, music has always been something that that I've had a passion for, mm-hmm. um, and. In 92, 93, no, 92, I'm sorry. I was invited to get into a photo arts program at school, uh, in high mm-hmm. school, and I jumped oh, okay. at that. Parents bought me a, a little Minolta X700. Uh, this was back in the film days, of course.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it just it started there. Uh, I did some photos. I did this one, actually went to national finals, like UIL finals. Oh yeah, I, I didn't really think it was all that deserving, but the art teacher did, and apparently, you know, of course, the mm-hmm. regional, state, and all those people thought so too. So, right on. What was the photo? Uh, it was this guy. Uh, so I was riding the school bus home, and mm-hmm. there was this kid from Spain that rode the bus with us, and the the project was was texture. So we had to capture texture mm-hmm. in this photo. Mm-hmm. And he had, he was wearing his jeans, had his legs crossed. And of course the whole, the rip hole in the, in the knee. Mm-hmm. And so it was all frayed and everything. So in that photo was, was that the jeans, the back of the the bus seat. And so there were all these different layers of texture going on. Right. And <laughs> I went back through it and I went back to the photo and uh, there's, there's these back then there were these pencils that you could, that you could use for, for coloring in areas, and this was mm-hmm. just a black and white photo. So I just did all I like on the negative. Oh, yeah, well, no, it's not on the negative, it's on the actual print. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I went back and did the blue jeans blue, came out looking pretty cool, and mm-hmm. that was that. Yeah, was it. You were hooked, huh? Yeah, I was hooked, and and then from there for graduation in 1994, my parents bought me a, a kind of higher end camera. I think they they probably spent $800 on that thing. And yeah, right. yeah, it was the prototype model for the whole EO series that Canon did. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Those were good cameras, yeah. yeah. So that was when I shot my first like local concert, and it was mm-hmm. a Cactus Smack Conspiracy. They were a little local band down here, uh, kind of between here and Austin, and they used to play Sam Marcus all the time and love those guys. Mm-hmm. They're freaking really cool. But uh I just enjoy like being able to combine, you know, my love for music, my love for photography and just shooting that. Yeah. And just capturing, you know, just capturing those moments that not everybody's gonna get to see, you know. Right. So apparently very supportive parents. Mm-hmm. And never- oh
1: yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's always good. I mean, you know. My parents were supportive of everything I did artistically too, but they were, they also had that, you know, in the background it's like, yeah, just, you know, do that, but find something that'll pay the bills yeah, too. exactly. You know, yeah. I always tell my kids, if you pour yourself into something and you work as hard at it as you would at anything else, you'll be successful mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good place for that, but you have to work hard no matter what you do. Oh yeah. You know, oh. and that's, that's just a big part of it. But yeah, so you got bit and then you started, I mean, were you doing it just kind of a freelance thing? You're like, I'm going to go shoot this and see if they like it. Yeah, or were you commissioned? Yeah, that's
0: pretty much how I did it. And I just right. like hanging out with the Cactus Smack guys. Like we would hang out and party after shows and stuff. And then they would let me know about mm-hmm. the next show that either they were doing or the next show that they were going to. And, and I just tag along with those guys. And uh, I got to, got into the whole Austin music scene. And yeah. shot a lot of punk shows, uh, just a lot of alternative and punk back then. Yeah, who who were your favorites to follow back then? Uh, at the start, as far as as far as the bands that I shot, yeah, uh, be Brown Hornet, Cactus Smack Conspiracy. Of course, uh, there was a yeah. band called Goat's Milk. They were kind of more kind of they they were weird. They were like an alternative metal thing, and mm-hmm. like, okay, like, super cool, super heavy, man. There were a lot, uh, unsurpassed prophet was another, he's a San Marcus local guy, but yeah, that's pretty much the gist of, of local acts back in the day, um, that, that I followed really hard. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to, and I know, um,
1: your sobriety is really important to you. I don't want to provide any triggers or anything else like uh, that, but you said the party and kicked in. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Get me private. Yeah. So was that, was that a struggle? I mean, or, you know, getting, how did you view that? Getting to the sobriety part. Getting sober. Getting sober. Yeah. Yeah, It was,
0: it was was tough for me, but it was also just like, it was a decision. Like I haven't, it wasn't court ordered. I Mm -hmm. haven't been to any AA meetings just two birthdays ago. I was just like, well, one birthday ago, technically, I guess I was just like, you know what? I don't want to drink anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it was causing all kinds of havoc in my life. Just, you know. Mm. same old, same old story as, as it is with most people. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I don't know. It, I don't know. I've had Phil, Phil Owen from the Skate skating. He's, yeah. he's been a huge, huge yeah. uh, factor in helping me stay the way I am with sobriety, him and excuse me. And uh, Chris Gates from, from the big boys, he's been, he's, he, he was integral also Yeah, and, and helping me get to where I needed to be. Well, and we talked, and I think the thing that's
1: interesting, maybe just because I'm not exposed to that world as much, but just, I was interested, Phil's been on the show, um, you know, we talked to him for a little while and and about, we want to do another episode with him on, you know, helping people with sobriety. But we talked to him a little bit after just kind of green rooming and it was just his philosophies on like, you know, even getting people to a point of maintenance, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, how big of a step that is, and, right. you know, or just there's harm reduction. Yeah, reduction. There's all sorts of levels of, of sobriety that
0: I don't think that the world's really aware of. Yeah, there you absolutely know? is. Like, I mean, you can, you know, your vice could be, let's say alcohol, but mm-hmm. you know, you need, let's say you need weed, uh, marijuana just to kind of maintain other aspects of your sobriety, if you will, from, from the main thing that's, that's harming you you know, right. and, and, you know, be it anxiety or whatever the case. Um, you can, mm. you can, I don't know. I don't, I don't see any harm in that, you know? Well, it all comes from somewhere. I
1: mean, it comes from a hurt that you're having, right? whether it's a physical pain, whether it's a mental pain. And, and Matt could probably speak better to this because these he, are sure. a counselor. so He it's,
2: does that. It's, yeah. That's kind of my uh, day his job. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I do it all the time. And, and really uh, the, I think, the model is moving to a harm reduction perspective because there's just, it's the least of my heart. Now there are a lot of challenges that come with that. If you're like in the, in the market for, for helping others, if your job is to, you know, run kind of a rehab facility, boy, that, that changes the game because you've got to now consider like how everybody else is affected or by what's happening. So say, for example, we're going to let one person have a pass on something um, because we want her to stay in her treatment and keep working through there. Um, But it's also affecting 10 other people. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And okay, so are we are we increasing harm or are we decreasing harm? Oh, that's a tough decision.
1: Yeah, that's that's a hard call. So, well, and, you know that used to be kind of the go-to. Is they, they so many times? I think that one thing that turns people off is just that they would kick people out of programs all the time. You know, it's like we found benzos in your system. You know, right. you're out of here. And it's like, why the hell do you think they're there? Mm-hmm. You know, if they if if they could show up squeaky clean, they wouldn't be in rehab. Right? They
0: wouldn't. They wouldn't <laughs> need it at that point. Right.
1: And ultimately, we don't
2: have like a lot of our. Um, Care facilities are are good intentioned and they're working with what they've got. And we advertise as being um, dual diagnosis, Mm -hmm. right? And to a degree, that's true. Right. But primarily, we're there to deal with the addiction part of it. And a lot of the time, there's also that mental health aspect, which needs to be dealt with just as seriously. So... We're addressing one, but if we're not dealing enough with the mental health part, then that mental health, if it's not worked on, if we, if you can't get that under control, it's just going to pull that addiction right back in. And it's in and, a and, uh, vice versa. So you'll see a lot of the time mental health facilities will say, well, we need to deal with the addiction part before we can deal with the mental health part. So they'll send them to us right and okay well and then we'll get them and we'll try to help them oh we can't do anything with this until they've dealt with the mental health so it'll go it's
1: like the seesaw for these poor people and a bureaucracy you know that doesn't really help the situation you know but you know that's part of the thing working in a community i guess but so cody what was a lot of cases do you think your trigger was just keep it up with rock stars uh a lot of ways
0: yeah i think so i think well i mean that's i guess that's initially where it started you know when i was in back in high school you know i was just like that's what i was doing was hanging out with with all the bands and stuff and that's what they did after shows and during shows and whatnot but i was a minor so i couldn't do that until after the show (laughs) so right but yeah definitely uh it's not so much a trigger for me anymore though um Uh like you know like i say like being on the being on the road with Phil and the skate nigs like he doesn't allow anybody to go on stage if they you know they don't get to partake pre show right they've got to go up there and do their job mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. kind of how i look at it you know i go and I, I go up there and i sell merch for them. Mm-hmm. and so it's it's just the same concept you know it's like i've got a job to do i've got to sell merch and Phil told me he's like the reason i asked you to do this is because you're sober right so yeah well i mean even though it's a cool job it's still a job yeah it's still a job and you're handling money and right and you know somebody else's livelihood basically so yeah
1: yeah
2: i when i was like just an events dj people were bringing me drinks constantly and you know you get to where like okay if i actually do this there's no way i'm going to be able to do this job yeah no way I want the next job, <laughs> which I won't get if I right. have all of these. So I got, I, I got to really good at it. And it's, you can't just keep saying no, thank you. No, thank you. You know, at some point it's just easier to say, okay,
1: yeah, can you want, right. and then just nurse it. Still have it there. The time. <laughs> like, oh, I'm good. I got mine, you know, right. Oof.
0: Nope. Thanks. Yeah. Even to, the, even to this day, like even people that know that I'm sober, uh, if I'm out at a show or whatever, they'll offer to buy me a drink. And I'm like, Oh, you can get me <laughs> yeah. a soda or whatever, yeah. you know? But yeah, it's, it's, it still happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's the hard thing about it. And that's what I worry about, you know, with, with some of you guys in, in sobriety and it's like, well, I mean, 90% of the places you work in are bars, you know? Oh yeah. And uh, it's just, yeah. you know, God, that's gotta be hard. I mean, especially if, if it's your go-to, If a social, if it's a social thing, maybe it's no Hell, I don't think it's any easier to turn it down.
2: I think for a lot of people too, uh, maybe in that environment is there's a little bit of fear of is it still going to be fun if I'm not doing this? Yeah. Right. Is it still going to be fun to go to a concert or perform or any of those things Mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm not wasted? And I've I've always kind of been, and I'm not like teetotaler guy at all, but and I'm not in recovery, but at the same time, I don't really like to get smashed when I go to a show. Yeah. It's not,
1: it's not been your
2: thing. It never has been. I'm like, no man, I'll Mm -hmm. miss out on something. Yeah. I want to remember this. I want to
0: feel it. Yeah. And I wondered if like,
2: you've noticed more of that. Okay. I'm taking in more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, as far as number one, remembering everything that happened, the night of the show or whatever uh-huh uh absolutely i'm more i'm more cognizant of of what's happening while i'm working while i'm shooting mm-hmm. my photography's improved 100 100 percent you know at least yeah. You know, since since mm-hmm. uh giving up the sauce and everything else but yeah, uh, yeah i started working for uh in focus magazine and mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was actually before I had had started working for them. Uh, my first big concert was, uh, to shoot was uh, Down. It was the Mike Scotcher Rock the Heart Benefit. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And so we were allowed to shoot during the first three songs of each set. Okay. And there were like four or five bands that night. And mm-hmm. after those first three songs, I'd go to the bar and get a drink. Right. And well, by the end of the night, I'm a little sauced and Down comes on the headliner you know Phil Anselmo, Bobby Landgraf, everybody, Pepper, and Ooh. I looked at those shots afterwards, and I was just number one embarrassed. Yeah, at the way they came out. I mean, there were still you know I got a yeah I got right. a few good ones, but they could have been so much better. Like when comparing them from you know to the stuff I'm doing now. Sure. And what's going on in your head when you're partying? It's definitely not what's really going on. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> It's not at all. Uh, That's the thing. That last know. that last birthday party, um, I decided to put on some some really heavy music. Mm-hmm. Most everybody had left left the party. There were probably I don't know three or four people here, and I stumbled and tripped over my coffee table and got really pissed off and picked that coffee table up and started like basically wrestling with it. <laughs> and threw it down right. in the middle of the living room floor. <sighs> not realizing when i lifted it up slammed it into the ceiling fan and broke a blade off of it i didn't know that that i didn't know that that had happened until the next morning when i when i woke up to it oh god cuz my yeah. buddies you know i passed out my buddies all left and they decided to leave the ceiling fan on i woke up to this loud banging sound and i <laughs> looked up and yeah. thought that damn ceiling fan was going to fall on my fucking head right <laughs> that's a worst when you don't remember, you
1: know, yeah. uh, and it, you know, and sometimes like people say, like, well, I got blackout drugs. It's like, well, you probably remembered it the whole time, but then you slept and then, we, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so
0: that's when it leaves, is, you know, uh, is when you're asleep and then also the like one. Well, yeah. Yeah. Funny thing is I left that ceiling fan as it was for about three or four months, <laughs> just as a friendly reminder right? as to why I want to stay sober. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Turn out every once in a while, you're yeah. <laughs> like, "Yep, <laughs> uh, that's interesting." But you didn't do the, uh, you didn't do the program. You didn't do the thing. You just kind of no.
0: You, it was you, just a,
1: however you did, choice. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I know people who definitely preach the thing, and it's like you know, it's, it's, uh, I just say whatever, whatever works for yeah, you. I mean, you know, if it works, exactly. it works. You know, so going back to that, you know, and, and not to get entirely on the kick, but you're on back, you're, you're doing these shows, you're doing these photo shoots. And even, man, you've made a photo with some amazing people. He has some great photographs. I encourage everyone to go to, um, to Cody's photo gallery yeah. at, uh, at counterbalance magazine. It's, it's really, really good. It, it, what were some of the, you know, experiences there, Meeting those guys, photographing those guys were shows, best shows, craziest shit you ever saw. Any stories you want to tell on that? Um, Man, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I would say anything Fildo wouldn't want us to know uh, or he No. Was, you
0: know,
2: we we heard a lot about statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah, him, so. well,
0: it's it's a lot tamer these days mm-hmm. uh with those guys for sure. <laughs> um, I didn't run around with them. It didn't have to be a these days story. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I didn't run around people. with them back. Uh, I didn't run around with those guys back then, yeah. back in the back okay. in the you know, when the statute of lim- limitations were still in effect. Right. <laughs> I- yeah, I, I actually befriended those guys after the fact. So, yeah. um, oh, okay. But no, I favorite show to photograph had to had to have been the the, the pig face show. Yeah, that was that that was so much fun. I had, I had a blast, Just, especially the one in Dallas. This Gate last tour up for them. This
1: last, yeah, tour. This, yeah,
0: yeah. This last tour. So yeah. many, so many
1: iconic musicians on there. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I felt I felt bad for those who were. I mean, I'm glad that there were some. um, Like, I took my kid, who's you know, he he's known. I've always listened to Big Face and stuff throughout my life. But it's like, there's no telling. It's like, hey, that's Mary Biker. Hey, you know, that's (laughs) so and so. Yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, oh god, you have no idea who you're. You know, experiencing here.
0: Yeah, it's just total legends.
1: Yeah, everybody on that bill. It's amazing. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, when we saw it, like I said, we talked in the sound check like yesterday. I think they were a little road weary by the time they got to us, but still, we had. Oh, uh, How could they not be though? <laughs> yeah. After that's
2: a nightmare drive. drive from Denver. Yeah. It's terrible. I just appreciate
1: they showed up. Yeah, goodness. So when did you? I think the and looking at the zine, it's it's pretty a recent thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, we're. It's only. I've. I just launched it probably about six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's still, it's still fresh, and I'm still trying to build it. Right. Um I've got a lot of things, a lot of things lined up, but because of the holidays and everything, I've just been completely swamped with that and falling behind on on my work, if you will. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a rough go, but. I've got a uh, going to be talking to Mario Cabada out of Mexico City. He runs No Devotion Records, yeah. and uh, he's got. There's a project coming up called Nukes, mm-hmm. which uh, is going to be quite a few big names in there. I can't I can't say too much about it right now, right? Uh, just because they're still in the development parts of it, but yeah. Uh, are you heading down there though? Are you heading down to Mexico? No, I won't be I won't be going down oh, there. Okay. I'll just be I'll just be doing interviews with all the all the players. Oh, okay. Right on. And doing a write up on it and stuff. Nice. But that's gonna be a pretty, pretty in depth project. So your journalism aspect, everything like that, that's all
1: been pretty well DIY for you or
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I took some creative writing classes and back in back in the day and you know, that was all fun doing poetry and whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh I don't know, when I, whenever I I write about shows, it's more of like a storytelling perspective, right. you know? Yeah. Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to let people know, hey, this is what you what you missed or you might have been there and you'll remember these things, you know? Right. So, right, sort of gone so in a way. Right. Yeah, just my
1: right. perspective, which I always appreciate. I think it's better than a Than a cut and dried,
0: you know, just chopping down every single song, right? Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah. That was I'm I'm more interested in how it feels and what the experience is, and yeah, that's how I that's how I try to do my do my stuff when I'm writing. Do you ever, as a as a photographer, like catch yourself? I would imagine this is like I even as like just a music fan that shows up with a phone now, but (laughs) there are times when I don't want to pull my phone out or take a picture or anything because I just want to take in the moment. But I would think like as a, as a photographer, some of those moments would be the one like that's exactly the moment that I need to catch.
0: Yeah, that's, that sense. that's that's a hard one. Yeah, totally. That's a that's a that's a tough one for me, too, because like I want to enjoy the show and there's times that I'll go to a show and I'll just be like, I'm leaving my camera at home. I want to watch the show. Right. You know, but if, if I'm putting myself on assignment to cover a show, I, I kind of feel like I want to capture every second that I can through my lens, you know? So, I mean, I'll come home and I, I get a little trigger happy sometimes and I'll come home and I'll have 4,000 shots from one right. one fucking show. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, oh boy, I get to go through all this now?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, we've done the
1: same. There's like three, three yeah. hour podcasts of Yammering. It's like... Oh. We create
0: a yeah. mess that we have to edit. Well, the, something that, dry, right. But the whole cell phone photography, it shows thing. It, it's rather annoying sometimes, you know, from my, yeah. from my end of it. I mean, number one, yes. Okay. If you want to snap a couple of pictures, cool. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, just to remember the night, but don't sit there and videotape the entire thing. Cause oh. more than likely your audio is going to be trash anyway. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and then the whole, thing of like having all these cell phones in my photos is uh, yeah. The yeah i can go through and, oh, and sure. photoshop all that stuff out but i don't know just makes my job harder yeah <laughs> not quite as cool
1: as a lighter flying in the air you know
0: exactly you know flame or
1: whatever it's the <laughs> yeah. somebody holding up something that's like my facebook profile you know and their cat or whatever yeah Uh-huh. <laughs> it real yeah
0: quick. i think i saw a meme not too long ago that cracked me up and it was like like Joey Ramone or somebody had come up with a, with a, with a thing to slap phones out of people's <laughs> hands. It was like a selfie stick with a freaking like almost fly swatter looking thing, but more rigid. <laughs> Just smacking right around.
1: Smack around uh well you've got a lot of you've got a lot of artists now too who are doing the thing where you you check it in in a little plastic bag you don't even get like jack white's a big big proponent of that it's just like
0: yeah i think tool is also
1: yeah they're getting there they're just they like no you're supposed to enjoy the show you have to check your shit in if you want to make a call you go get the bag and you go outside Mm -hmm. um i've heard from a couple people it's been a disaster because it was like well we had one show or um I don't know who it was, but they were talking about a show in Miami. they said it was probably the worst place because, like, everybody just kept leaving. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, other people are cool with it. And they're like, okay, yeah, we we should probably stick in and watch the show. But other people were just leaving every five minutes to just go check their Insta or whatever, you know, come back in, check it in, missing half the set,
0: you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's a call that has to be made or taken, then totally get it. Right. But, you know, you, there's a lot of those people that were probably just going to check in on their Facebook. Right. You know. Yeah, just to
2: get
1: a shot.
0: Just to share.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, there are times when I'm guilty of it, too. I think most of us are. Or we've pulled out our phone when we probably
1: shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah it happens. Yeah. It's, it's just become such a habit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You get so overwhelmed, too. And you're just, yeah, at some point you're just like, oh, I got to capture this moment. You know. Mm-hmm. no
2: i don't want to forget right. this
1: yeah and but i'm trying to keep it in my pocket more and more i really am i think it's important i think and i think that's paid off in the last couple of shows i've gone to you know just not mm-hmm. not reaching for it yeah not enjoying it yeah you, so you've had uh so tell us a little more about the zine just uh, i want to i want you to get out what you want to talk to or what you want to say about it you're getting some really good interviews man you're uh you know, how, how does that go? How's your process go for it? Like, do you just like write out interview questions, send them off?
0: It depends on the artist and how they want to do it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also location is a big thing. Yeah, uh, like with Martin, it was. You know, I just contacted his his personal assistant, Molly and mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, I want to interview Martin. You know, pre tour, just do a pre pre tour interview, and I'll list the dates and everything else on it." And I sent the interview questions to him via email and. He responded, you know, within within a week.
1: Yeah,
0: and so that's that's and same thing with Chris, with Chris Conley when I interviewed him. Oh, he's such it great, was, uh, but as far as you know, video interviews and stuff, I've I've done those at shows. I've done those, you know, pre-planned like the one with Mike De Leon, mm-hmm. uh from Phil and Tomo and the Illegal. Yes, good uh, I actually went. I went to high school with that guy. Oh, did you? And oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, so he lives here in he lives here in San Marcos, and we just went down to his little practice room uh, for his other band, and kind of kind of planned that one out. I had interview questions in mind, but I wanted to kind of freestyle that one, you know? Yeah, and just keep it as organic as possible. Sure. Yeah, it was a good interview. Yeah, yeah, um, I really like the illegals. Yeah, good stuff, man. Oh,
1: good yeah. stuff. That guy can. Oh boy, that guy can play guitar. Like no yeah, business. Um yeah, I was just watching him. I, I watched him a little bit in your interview and then I went and just checked out some of his other stuff and like solo work. It's like Wah. makes me want to put mine yeah. down. <laughs> uh, don't ever do that. Let it inspire you. Yeah. That's that's the way to be. That's not my thinking, but
0: that's yeah. the way to be.
1: I just get intimidated. But yeah, really fucking
0: good. So when did you hook up with Phil? Yeah, uh, uh, it's funny, that was When was that? That was about two years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw that Skate Nigs were kind of reforming and getting back into their thing. And uh, I hit him up. I saw that he had put a post up about a shirt or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, I want that shirt. And he actually drove that down to me. Oh, wow. And and, uh, From Austin. And, you know, we made the exchange. And, uh, just started talking from, from there on and, uh, shows started coming up. I'd go and, uh, I think they did a, what oh, was well, well, I guess it was more of a practice down at the buzz mill here in town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take my camera, you know, mm-hmm. took my camera down there. He saw the shots. He liked them and kind of just took off from there. And I just started running around with those guys, taking pictures for him. Cool. One of the things I, I didn't get to touch on that I wanted to touch on him with that show
1: was I thought that one of the funniest and coolest things he ever fucking did for merch is selling switchblades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was <eight> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's the, yeah. yeah, that's the only, you know, time I've ever seen any band like
0: sell merch. It's like, here's a weapon. <laughs> yeah, unit. there's, there's, there's a little great. bit to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trying to uh, I've I've got three of those personally, three different I want ones. One really bad. I want one. And, uh, too bad. I'm gonna have to buy one. Yeah. So when we when we went out and did the tour, uh-huh. uh, we did it. We did that Midwest tour back in March, mm-hmm. and uh, last March, and he was like, "I'm gonna need a photo of this thing because you know we're going to Chicago and stuff, and we can't sell them there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to sell them there. I should say. Right. So I took a photo of one of them. We put that down on the on the on the table instead of the actual knife. nice and people people would come up and be like, "We're gonna buy a photo of a, skate a switch switchblade." And I was like, "No, no, 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 we have those." So it's kind of like an under the table. thing ah. so so you didn't have to expose them or show them, but yeah, right. <laughs> sure yeah, yeah. 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 I, think I had to make sure nobody got stabbed at the show. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Go we'll pick, pick them up at Last Call. <laughs> yeah, here is your
1: ticket. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! But yeah, I saw that. I, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw those. <laughs>
2: the we'll give it to you with your cell yeah. phone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I can give you all a little story about the uh, about well, kind of falls in hand with the switchblades and also uh, uh, a skatekings story, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, at that pig face show in Dallas, uh, skatekings, of course, opened up and. Phil decided mm-hmm. to go buy a Donald Trump pinata. <laughs> yeah. And oh boy. We decided we're gonna stuff it with confetti and merch, you know, yeah. some some t shirts and whatnot, stickers, patches, whatever. And uh we didn't we were trying to figure out the best way to to get that stuff in there. Right. So I had my switchblade on me, pulled it out, handed it to Phil, <sighs> and Phil commenced to cutting donald trump's ass open and (laughs) nice a bunch of merch up his ass yeah
1: that Uh, feels right yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely did you throw any knives in there (laughs) no no
0: no, there were no knives in in there
1: that would have made it even sweeter
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if they deployed
1: when somebody hit it you know
0: (laughs) watch out all right. Uh, he just he wound up just tossing it out in the crowd and letting people Tear just it apart. commence to thrash. <laughs> some guy was like he got so into it, like even after the pinata was pretty much demolished, the head was still somewhat intact and like he was on all fours in the middle of the in what would be the pit area and just was pounding <laughs> just with his fist, pounding <laughs> Trump's face into the concrete. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I guess
1: it could have gone two ways. You could have worn it or could have beat the shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh,
0: that's so funny. So there was actually a pit at the uh, Dallas show. Uh, that... Not really. Everybody's everybody that follows those bands are too old these days. You know? Yeah. We, we were noticing
2: that we were trying to figure out. We, we went to the Kansas city show where I'm at mm-hmm. and, uh, we noticed there was no pit, but it was also like Thanksgiving night. the night we were there. So there's also that possibility yes. uh-huh. of everybody is full and tired right now.
1: Uh, huh. Uh-huh. you know, and kid tripped a fan for the win. It's hit. Yes. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. There's not as much moshing anymore. I don't think as there was, I mean, just in general, a lot of places.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just the kids really aren't into it as much and boy, phew, Man, back in the 90s, we've seen some violent pits.
0: Really oh, yeah. tough ones, man. Yeah. Yeah, the Austin show, there was a pit. Yeah. Yeah. There was a pit at the Austin show. And uh reason being is I took my 21-year-old daughter with me. Uh-huh. And she was the one instigating starting the pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but yeah, she wound up blowing her knee out that night, though. Oh, fuck. Yeah.
1: I've been trampled underfoot so many times. Mm. Yeah, I'm done. Done with that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Not in my days anymore. That's uh, not, part yeah. Lollapalooza, I think it was 90. Was it 92 or three? Uh, it was during Jesus and Mary Chain, I think that was 92. What's that uh, one? Ministry and that was ministry, ministry and the chili, and peppers. chili peppers. I went to that show
1: in St. Louis, yeah. that That tour, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I was up in Austin. But I got, I got trampled pretty hard at that show. I decided I was going to crowd surf. It was my first concert ever. Oh, and yeah. I was just like... Oh, wow. I was like, all right, I got to crowd surf, you know? So I jumped up, uh, found a couple of big dudes to throw me up there. And a pit had opened up, and everybody had already turned around to grab me and keep moving me forward. And I got dumped right in the middle of the pit on the back of my head with my legs doubled over my wow. head. Oh, goddamn. Uh, just, con- just got stomped. Yeah. And like by the time I was finally like, oh, I'm going to open my eyes and see what the hell, you know, mm-hmm. I look up and I see this, like this dude's crotch and that's all I see. <laughs> you know, he's straddled over me right. and he is just beating the shit out of people. To, keeping them away to from me. You, yeah. Yeah. Oh, got lucky. That was really cool. Got lucky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I saw, I met, uh, I met Kim Taylor at that show from sound Um, very briefly. It was like, he was in the crowd watching ministry and I was uh-huh. like, I was like you're Kim from the had sunglasses and a ball cap on, <laughs> but he had that beard, you know. And he fucking just looked just like it was like, your Kim, aren't you from SoundCard? He's like, Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> so he's like, Let's watch the show, I'll talk to you after. I was like, All right, uh-huh. so did uh, just kept looking over him, like, I'm standing next to you, <laughs> you know. Oh, like yeah. all you know, but then and after the show, he's like, Well, thanks for not saying anything to anybody, you know, appreciate it, but they were pretty good, weren't they? It's like, Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, it's good to meet you, man. You know, met him very briefly, but uh, man, that was a good tour. Yeah, you got to use that angle, man. Get him on. Yeah, maybe I could. I don't know. Yeah, we met once for ten seconds in St. Louis, 1992. <laughs> Remember, Remember you told me to shush, and I did, and you said thanks. Right. <laughs> you owe me one. <laughs> you owe me. You said already, we'd talk more. On. I've waited ten years. <laughs> right i keep riding 20 years
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah who hears this
2: he'll never come never. on
1: <laughs> never he was a nice guy though but yeah he was just right out in the crowd i'm sure he was afraid that he's gonna get you know mobbed sure sound was really big at that time wasn't really into the peppers but uh ministry was great that's why i went essentially
0: yeah, I've I've always I don't know I've I've kind of been a big fan of the Peppers like from from way back. I mean their newer stuff I'm not a huge fan of. It's yeah. it's cool, but it seems like they've kind of lost their funk, you yeah. know. And Anthony's trying too hard to sing rather than than doing his rappy thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Mother's Milk that that album was fucking amazing.
1: uh, oh, yeah. uh you know, Blood Sugar Sex Magic that was really good. But uh, I think my favorite was Uplift Mofo. Yeah. Yeah, it's another uh, good one. Yep, yeah, great, wow. great album. The thing is, uh, for me, and it sounds really fucking petty, and it, and it is, is the fact that they've had a feud with like one of my favorite bands all time, Mr. Bungle, for oh, for yeah. a long time, and they're you know they almost got like Bungle's California. Cancelled like that whole album, yeah. That was yeah, um, they they were releasing like uh, Californication at the time, and then Bungle was trying to release California at the time on the same label. And I, from what I hear, I don't know, but Anthony Kiedis was like, We're not going to play a tour with these guys because they're cutting into our profits. And uh, but was I don't know, it sure pissed Mike Patton off, and I was like, So
2: Mike Patton's trying to be me, yeah. So I
1: I tried to pick a side, I guess. Yeah, but, I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't get well. involved in their fights. I, you know, so I've, I've kind of learned that. Just I like good music. No matter who, I
0: don't care. Yeah. I, I like them both. It doesn't matter. Yeah. None of you know their petty bickering doesn't mean shit to me as long as they put albums out. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff on Blood Sugar is it's hard to deny. You know, it's hard to deny how good that was. But uh yeah, they did put on a good show. But yeah, Palooza was back then. God damn, it was hot. It was all day. <laughs> I think we
0: were drinking vodka
1: all day and had no water,
0: you know? Yeah, I went up there with like 250 bucks uh-huh. that my parents were gracious enough to give me and for merch and whatnot. Wow. And, you know, Gates opened at like noon or something, <laughs> and I had spent that money by 2 o'clock. Wow. <laughs> oh, sure.
1: The food was crazy expensive. The drinks were crazy expensive.
0: Everything was. Yeah.
1: Everything was. Yeah. But once the sun went down, man, it was a party. It was a oh, good yeah. show. Yeah. Perry Farrell knew what he was doing.
0: Yeah. There was some cute little goth girl there that, uh, I had crossed paths with and it was right before the ministry set went on and she wound up buying me a drink cause I was just completely dehydrated and drinking out of the fucking like showers that they had <laughs> erected and, yeah. you know, just getting whatever water I could. And so she went and got me a soda and it was right before ministry had come on huh. and, uh, she wound up dosing my drink. Oh no. Fucking eggs. Oh no. Well. First time ever doing X and I didn't know I was doing <laughs> oh. it. Oh. Wow. Until about, I don't know, fifteen or twenty minutes after the after ministry got started. Yeah. I just Well, that would be an interesting band to have that first experience with. Yeah, I kinda of freaked out a little bit. Yeah. And yep. I decided to just hold on to her and wrap my arms around her. We <laughs> were like third row. <laughs> third row left speaker if it were seated you know and, oh my god See, so and yeah it was insane you got me too essentially yeah you got bill yeah Co- pretty you much got bill
1: cosby what happened to you uh-huh. <laughs> i mm-hmm. think acid would have been worse probably at least at least with the ecstasy you got all that serotonin release and like good feelings but yeah. well, nobody yeah. needs to drug people that's wrong <laughs> 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 yeah yeah, a little bit. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. I'm putting. I'm drawing that line in the sand right here on the show. <laughs> We're really making a big I statement. Am. I'm going out on a yeah. limb. Here. Really stepping out. <laughs> going on a limb. Yep, Danny's not mm-hmm. drug people. It's not okay. <laughs> right, you heard it here first. <laughs> That's Right, revolutionary. <laughs> But yeah, it was still a good show. Man, the biggest thing I remember about that show is like, the bummer of it all is me and my buddy, we didn't have tickets. We drove there to St. Louis. He was a good friend of mine. I can say this now because actually he died, so I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) But uh, we drove there to the show. He had a girlfriend in St. Louis that he was like all in love with, and I think their relationship was on the rocks, but I was like, we will find tickets. I was like, I guarantee you we'll find tickets from a scalper in the parking lot in about 10 minutes. I walked up there, found a scalper, and just like a minute. Yeah, hey, I got extra tickets. Here they are. They're face value. I just need to get rid of them. It's like, all right. My buddy's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to town and hang out with my girlfriend and try to repair things. I was like, You're, ah. he left me there alone, <laughs> completely alone <laughs> at that show for like nine hours or however long it was. I'll be back here later. Pick you up. I have such a bummer, but I, there's a lot of people in St. Louis and a lot of people took me in luckily in their
0: little camp. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a guy there, uh, kind of completely the opposite of your friend. Yeah. He (laughs) actually got hit by a car as he was crossing the street to get to the gates. Oh, and he just wound up with like some really bad, like road rash. Like his entire back was just Uh, jelly, uh, you know, from being scraped across the road, uh, but he wasn't going to miss the show. He was there. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I ran into him. There was a during Pearl Jam, there was like a stage rush. Huh. And then I wound up getting shoved into his back. And that was pretty gross. Yeah. He was just, <laughs> and of course, he, you know, winced in agonizing pain. You yeah. just see his whole body just tense up. And yeah, but he made it through the show. I'm not going with it. Right on.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's, did it. That's the vote. Did Eddie do any of the uh, scaffolding climbing and shit like that? Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He did a lot of that.
1: Yeah, he did that at the show, too. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. It looks scary. I wouldn't do it, but I yeah, am.
0: <laughs> I was just sitting there hoping, oh, God, I hope he doesn't fall. Yep. <laughs> so that's yeah. all time. It's like
1: everybody's like, "Woo!" I'm like, oh, no, that looks dangerous. Don't do that.
2: Yeah. I'd <laughs> like to be like a stage manager during that. Or just the rest of the band is probably, God, don't, don't, don't. No. <laughs> oh i know he's gonna do it another crowd loves it we gotta we gotta act like it's fun i'm
1: fucking terrified we already lost our last singer yeah (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) true no shit we can't go through anymore i love andy
1: wood don't don't get me wrong just jokes folks just jokes well it it doesn't make it less true yeah it's true i'm sure they had that in mind every time he did that shit it was nuts you know he had some big shoes to fill though so maybe that's part of it Mm i don't know
0: yeah had to one up them he pulled it off yeah i think
1: he's done it by now. still miss andy but yeah he's done man. it Doing a pretty good job no i mean pearl J- it's eddie
2: vetter's band it used to be the other way when they like kind of hit the scene it was mother love bone with a new lead singer right. and now it's eddie vetter and his right. band <laughs> you know that's kind of what it's turned into yeah Mm-hmm. You know, Mike
1: McCready might have some issue with that, but I, I'm not really. Not at this point. So, yeah, sleep on his pillow full of thousand dollar bills and cry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not. I. Uh, that's not to
2: disrespect anyone. No, really, no, no, no. I feel like I it was. It was kind of a dick statement. Uh, but you know what? You're kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and this is me not drinking. Right. I'm usually the bad cop. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that's true. <laughs> All right, Cody. So what else is going on, Cody? What, what do you got coming up? What do you got? to uh, Just still, you know, slaving away at the mag, still working any, any events coming up or anything like that? That's what- uh,
0: I don't really have any events coming up per se as far as live shows go um i'm gonna shoot for getting into the ministry show yeah and photographing that otherwise i'm just yeah just gonna plug away finish up this pig face thing yeah um get that put out so do that and between now and ministry be working on that nukes nukes project that i've got planned cool
1: well we definitely want to thank you for doing the pig face uh because sure, we did keep our phones in our pockets most of the time so you're providing that legacy memories for us when we get those photos and so yeah, yeah so
0: yeah i've got one more batch to do from the austin show and then and then it's on to writing right on so that should yeah i should have that done here in the next week or so well, that's exciting well best of luck to you and all
1: your endeavors man all right well um, i still want to say it, once again not to be dead horse, but man, go check out Cody. Any social media you want to mention? Anything else
0: like that? Yeah, you can find me Facebook. Uh, of course, uh, I've got two two pages up there: one for the magazine and one for uh, it's Pal Multimedia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, you can see some of my other photography stuff there. Uh, I pretty much share the magazine, the Counterbalance magazine, and. There you get a little little more insight into like some of my other stuff that I do. I do uh, some nature photography here and there, but that's way down the page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so go there. You can also go to www.counterbalancemagazine.com. Okay, Uh, take a look at the the interviews I've got up, a photo gallery. Uh, We've got an interactive calendar that's going to be coming up soon, so that if you you know it's going to be basically recommended shows. So hopefully I'm going to link up with. You know, the the Ticketmaster people and all of those folks, Eventbrite and all them. And you'll be able to click right on the on the show you want to see, and it'll take you to go get tickets. Nice. Cool. Right on. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Tune in on Determine the
1: Podcast on a great episode with Cody Powell. Um, stay tuned. A lot of cool stuff coming up, and uh, everybody all have right. a good night. Yep, thanks, go- right. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Sure.